Welcome to HearthCast, a podcast for the average World of Warcraft player, with your hosts, Root and Freckleface. Be part of the show by calling 407-520-5342, following HearthCast on Twitter, liking HearthCast on Facebook, or emailing the show at contribute at hearthcast.com. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of HearthCast. This is episode number... Uh, 80. 80? Mm-hmm. We're up to 80? 80. That's a lot of podcasting. We're octogenarian. Whoa. That's a big word. I know. That, I don't know if Root does big words like that anymore. <laughs> I'm old now, remember? Anyhow, we... Halfway there. Gang, stop. <laughs> Man. Wow. I told, that just came out. I'm sorry. I told Ms. Root the other night that I was ready for a midlife crisis, and she said I wasn't at midlife yet. Well, so, there. <laughs> um, hey, this is... Uh, it's July 14th, 2011, it by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. 99 days until the next rapture prediction. You know, our podcast is made possible by, by uh, Riptide Software, where myself and BRK and several other people work. We are casual players. We talk about WoW. We talk about real life. We talk about all points in between. Our show may or may not contain profession pointers, interface ideas, or drama-free dungeon guides. Uh, so consider yourselves warned all about that. Now, this is a very special episode. We actually have... Two special guests, um, Zeph and Garrett, who give us a, um, a very thorough guide to um, the Cataclysm Raids. I'm looking forward to this a lot. Yes. They have a lot more experience than we do. And we're going to go over some listener email and voicemail, and we're going to top it all off with a hot seat with Freckleface. HearthCast is the fastest growing podcast of its kind. We simply could not do it without our awesome sponsors. HearthCast Season 3 is proudly sponsored by... Zyger Guides. Grinding is a thing of the past. Find out how you can win your very own copy of Zyger Guides this year from us here at HearthCast. All you need to do is just keep them on listening. This month, get to send me a question on Twitter. Try to DM it if I am not following you. Just send it to me. I'll get it somehow. But you got to send me a question for Freckleface's hot seat. And make her blush. I got some comments. I'm going to pull it right off my phone tonight. It's going to be interesting. Oh, boy. Uh, System.com, I am loving the fact that I have uh, Mike in my corner as a uh, coach or mentor or whatever you want to call him. Part of the international, what do you call it? He has a whole acronym for it now. Like, uh, it's SMILE, whatever it is. It's a cool acronym about a mastermind group, international mastermind group. But put it this way, I ran into a little bit of a a bone-crunching problem yesterday. I mean, just like sweating bullets problem. And uh, Mike was able to say, well, have you checked this? And it was the one thing I hadn't thought of checking. I checked it, fixed it. So there you go. Liking it a lot. Well worth uh, the little amount of money I pay every month for that. And Carnage over at YouTube.com forward slash Carnage 1320. He's doing a lot of cool videos, PVP stuff over there. It's kind of cool, kind of fun. He got a new mount. He linked it to me. Did he? I was proud of him. I was talking to him the other night. He didn't tell me about his mount. I must have logged out when he just got it, and he's still excited. Siren likes his videos, so he's awesome. got some kind of an audience there. Mm-hmm. I also want to give a shout-out to our guildmates. That's an ALF, Praetorian Guards of Whisperwind. I want to give a shout-out to our Facebook friends and our Twitter peeps. Yes, speaking of uh, Praetorian Guards, 
I got one of my uh, one of my guys in there now. One of your guys? Yeah, one what? of my guys that works here is now in Praetorian Guards. Oh, nice. So yeah, nice. Yeah, he's got a Max Maximilian or some Maximilius or something like that. Mm. So yeah, we need need more of my my guys here in uh, in in that in that guild. So hey, uh, Freckleface. Hey. <laughs> really? <laughs> Guess what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Um, For the 80th time. <laughs> What's going on with me this week? In? The World of Warcraft? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 4.2 opened up a new wing to Baird and Hold. I don't know if you've been to Baird and Hold. I don't think you have. Have you been to Vault of Archivon back in the VOA? Ice Crown? Yes. Yes. You know how um, first there's one boss and the wing opened up. There's two bosses. So yes. They're doing the same thing with Baird and Hold. It's the uh-huh. same thing. You have a battleground when your faction is controlling you. You can find this uh, raid. And before they just had one boss, and they added a second boss. And I was totes afraid that I would go in there and just be a noob. But I used my dungeon journal. Oh. And that was it. Whoa. I know. Have you used a dungeon journal yet? I would have to be in a dungeon to use said no, dungeon. No, you don't have to be in it. You can view it at any time. Oh. You just hit Shift J. Shift J. Shift. Hold down the Shift key, uh-huh. and then you hit J. Whoa. Mm. It only does not for Cataclysm, which I'm hoping they'll expand. Hoping. Because it'd be nice if you could see, you know. Hmm. I ain't done it yet. Stuff like that. All right. So anyway, so right. just by using the in-game dungeon guide, I was able to at least read up on it enough to know when to get out of the fire, when to move over here. Um, so I got into pug group, healed it, didn't get anything, but I was still happy. Got the experience. Didn't give me achievement. I don't know why. Give me achievement for the other guy. Weird. Mm. Um, another thing I did this week was I got in a Firelands trash group. How was that? Um, it sucked. Oh, what's it was, up with that? Well, it was one in the morning, and I was like, I want to do something boring to make myself One in the morning? Go- yes. I want to do something boring to make myself want to go to bed. I was all hopped up on something. <laughs> I think it was because it was just about shoes online, so I got like, I was really like, wait excited. a minute, when is the day you texted me or something I happened to be awake? No. No? You weren't awake. You weren't on. You were not. I don't know if you're awake. You weren't on. Oh. So I grew to do this Fireland trash. First mob we fight, it drops a trepic. <laughs> you just learned that word. <laughs> and now you're using it like you're. In, in the future, though, because it'll uh, play yeah, later in the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First drop is a trash epic and starts drama. It's like a one handed axe. Right. The tank roll, the DK rolls for it, and the warrior rolls for it. The warrior takes it because he's the raid leader, and the DK is mad because he said he could have used it. And they just whole thing about off spec, whatever. I don't understand it. I really don't because right. like, the guy's like, "Well, it's a tank weapon, and I'm a tank." And the guy's like, "Yeah, but you, but you're using two handed." It's really weird. Um, so drama. that at least made me sleep enough because I was like, "Okay, too much drama." Locked out of that. <laughs> um. Yeah. I am yeah. working on getting a new pet, but I'm going to talk about it next week to make sure what I'm doing is the right way to go about it. All right. So I'll talk about it the next week. I like week. that. Okay. Um, do you remember throwing bear cubs in Mount Hygel? I haven't done tree? that yet. Thank you. Just, you know. It's a daily. Rub now. it in. It's a daily. Okay. Yeah. You can do it many times. You can play it on Facebook, too. Well, but you can do it many times okay. now in in the molten front. It's a All daily. Right. This is one All of my right. dailies this week. Cool. Um, and it's really hilarious because, um, I know you don't read quest text, but like the person who gives it to you, she's like this 
night elf centaur combination. I don't know how to describe it. She's got like weird eyes, but she's got four legs and torso on top of that. And when you read the text, she gets like uber emotional about these little animals, and she's like, and the quest, she's like, baby bears, you have to save the baby bears. And it says that she clutches you to her bosom and like cries. Except she's like a centaur, and I'm a human, so like, like I can walk underneath her. Right. It's it's like really strange. Or maybe not underneath her, but like it kind of smashed into like not her bosom, but like a lot lower than that. So it's really awkward. Awkward. I think I think they need to redo some of their quest text. That's all, <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all, all right, I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and also, I went to go buy a new pair of boots from the Justice vendor. Right. right. But then when I went to equip it, it would gave me a, a pop up message. So they're not even bind on pickup they're bind on equip so now I'm going ooh should I throw this up in the auction house for a few K or should I put them on mm. Mm. I put them on oh. I have plenty of money <laughs> alright I actually just put in a bid for a mount yesterday and I had a log off for it's done I didn't have time to check it before I came here so we'll see next week if I have it cool and that is I played about yeah that's about two days that I played this week and I did all that now what is going on with you? I'm dying to know. Um, then I I sent you an email in the game. I sent you a lot you of sent mail. Me a game mail, yeah. Yeah, and I was like letting you know where I was. Yeah, and I was like they should have postcards. That was a fantastic idea. <laughs> fantastic, no, fantastic. You should you should be able to like click on an innkeeper and buy a postcard. Buy a postcard for like a gold or less than that. Like a gold. A gold. And just like, be like, hi from Mount Hygel. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool. Hi from Desilus. I mean, I know there's there's a website back doing the whole postcards from Azeroth thing where people are submitting screenshots, but I'm talking about like in the game. Yes, it'd be awesome, awesome, awesome. And then you can get your little low character and you can riding around on a two-seater mount and then you can have your little level character send postcards from everywhere and it looks uber. Because like, how does level two end up in winter spring? It came up through the swam. Swam. I swam. Oh, swam. <laughs> I swam here. I swam here. So I got the dollar in. I swam. Yes. Uh, what's going on this week? I played a lot. You yeah. did? Yeah. Like 100% of my time on uh, on Zyger. Yeah. Oh, what level are you? 80? Yeah, I did ding 80. Oh. One. 81? Now you're ahead of the episode numbers. <laughs> That's right. Now you can back I, off. I, no, I don't want to. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Okay. All right. I hit 80. And I was like, cool. And like a quest, not even a quest later, it, it popped up. It was really funny. We're going to backtrack just a couple seconds here. Um, I was doing my favorite area, Sons of Hodir. Okay. And I just finished up all the stuff with uh, the big women people over there. The human? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes? I don't know who they are. Yeah. The Sisterhood of the Y. The big woman. <laughs> the big women. The blue women. Yeah. yeah the big blue women. That's yep. right. Sisterhood of the we'll Y. We'll go with that. And, um, <laughs> It's, I was like, you know, I remember the, I remember the whole area. It was one of my very favorite areas. We did a lot of grinding over there. We did a lot of rep grinding over there because we were trying to get the mammoth. Right. So those quests were extremely familiar to me. And I was going through and doing that. I'm like, this is awesome. And I remember looking down and I had three bubbles to go until 80. And I, so I told my guildies and Praetorian guards, I was like, I got three bubbles to go. I'm going to make it. It was like late at night. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it. And as soon as this is done, I am logging off because I am dead tired. And then I finished some quest up and turned a bunch of stuff in. 
And it was like three minutes after me saying that, when I thought about, I had about an hour left. About three minutes later, I dinged. The guy's like, yeah, so much for that hour. I was like, well, okay. And then I figured, well, you know what? I planned for an hour, so at least let me get myself down to Mount Hygel. Because if nothing popped up, it's you ready to go uh, to Mount Hygel. Nothing? No, it did pop up. Oh, it did pop up. up. Yeah, Zyger guys popped up. You ready to go to Mount Hygel? I said, okay, I'm ready to go to Mount Hygel. Let's go. You want to go to Bashir? I'm going where it tells me to go. Oh. So. Oh, right. Right, right, right. right, right. Didn't so, tell you you had a choice? No. Well, Bashir's takes a longer time so, well, to get set up. Well, I took off. And silly me, you know, I'm in I'm in uh, Storm Peaks, right? Right. Could have flown over to Dalaran. Could have taken a part of the storm wind. No, I go down to Valiance Cape, take the boat. <laughs> I took like an extra 20 minutes to get to Stormwind. Oh, you to still Storm- went to Stormwind? Yeah, because you, yeah, you got to go to Stormwind. Well, I wanted to go to Stormwind to train mm-hmm. and like do Guild Bank and stuff like that. So I, I needed to go through Stormwind. Plus, I told me to go to Stormwind because I had to report to some dude over there anyhow. And then for some reason, it took me, and you probably know the reason. I don't know the reason. It took me to... um. What's the druid place you can you can druid hearth to? Uh, Moonglade. Yeah, take him to Moonglade. Wait, where'd you go? Uh, Mount Hygel. Pretty sure it was Moonglade. It could have been somewhere else. Well. And then I ended up in Mount Hygel through like another port. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, I know that Moonglade is like right near there. Oh, maybe that's what happened. I, yeah. I ended up there anyhow. And the first night I just I, oh no you I think that is the, how the quest chain works I think he sent you to Moonglade uh, first see, I, I, yeah it's been a while I, at least I got man, who knows yeah. my, my, I gotten so much wrong with World of Warcraft this past couple of weeks so it doesn't you gotta look like you need some sleep you, you know thank you <laughs> for noticing that <laughs> well but, <laughs> I'm old <laughs> I'm halfway through my life already <laughs> and I look like I need sleep did I mention I was up at 4 a.m. this morning? No, I didn't mention that. Hence, day. you look like you need sleep. Why? I, you get, uh, Me and just, Richard were talking. What you need sleep? See, you just like... Richard doesn't sleep. You just validated my statement with trying to argue so, with it. I'm not arguing. Uh, anyhow. Okay. Anyhow. Okay. Cool stuff going on now because every piece of equipment I get is a major upgrade. Nice. I'm just like, oh, this is... And like you get stuff and it's like... You know, like normally you're questing and you pick up an item. It's like, oh, look, this would add like another 50 points to my armor. I'd like that. Or this mm-hmm. would add like another, you know, 50 here, 48 points. No, this is like plus 300 something, you know, to your armor or your nice. whatever. And I'm like, holy cow, look at this upgrade. The first couple quests, I was getting my butt handed to me, though. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't strong enough. Mm-hmm. But once I got through them, and I mean, I was pulling all the stops out that I know as a hunter. I was actually using my feign death. death. I was actually using my disengage. I was using the pet. I was using my trap. I was using everything I could do to win and complete a quest. And finally got the upgrades where now I can, you know, handle my own again. So so I was happy. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I got to 81. And uh, now that I'm 81, I have my uh, my Cobra shot. And I haven't gotten in battle with it yet, but it... uh, it's cool. I, I played it on a dummy. Or not played on a dummy. I tested it out. Trained it. Yeah. All right. Got it cool. in, my, in my rotation. So, yep. so that is, uh, that's about it. I mean, 100% all I've been doing, I, you know, literally zero time for anything else except uh, Zyger Guide. Zyger again this week. So I'm um, not going to do much of an update on Zyger Guides. I mean, it worked. I had one little one little hiccup in this entire just 
pushed to 81 now. And that had more, I think, to do with Blizzard than it did Zyger Guides. Uh, when I was in um, uh, doing the Sons of Hodir thing, we had to blow Hodir's horn. You remember that one? Yeah. Right. Um, well, I had gotten all the pieces to build the horn mm-hmm. and, you know, turn it into the guy or build whatever. And, and then, then the you know, Zyger Guides goes here and you're supposed to pick up the daily quest to blow the horn. Well, that whole area is phased. Right. And the phase hasn't ki- hadn't kicked in to click on the horn. Oh, true. And even though I turned a question, I had to leave the area and come back. And it was it was just a matter of me stopping because I flew over and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, there's supposed to be a horn here and there's not a horn. Oh, it's because it's phased. Not right. So I flew out and flew back in. I'm like, oh, there it is. So that was it. Everything else, I think, has oh, been okay. spot on. I've been loving it. Um, one, one thing I didn't like, I was in a, a cave somewhere and I died. And this is complete blizzard here. They put me over at uh, some cemetery. I had no idea. It took me 10 minutes to figure out where the entrance of that stupid cave was. That's really weird. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't like that. But that's all right. I'm doing good now. All right. Now it's time for email questions. You too can have your email read and answered by the HearthCast crew by emailing your questions, comments, shout-outs, or greetings to contribute at hearthcast.com. So we got an email here from, I'm going to go with Einion. Kind of like Onion? Kind of, but it's an E-I, so it's, I'm thinking it's like Einstein, so that's what I'm going with Einion. It's not woof-woof, woof-woof. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you, that's like I just can't read. <laughs> Anyways. funny, though. Right, we'll <laughs> Can't read. Is that tweet deck? Had to fix tweet deck for me. The text is too small. Woohoo! <laughs> I thought it was. He what? thought it was funny. I thought it was but, funny. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> Anyan says, "I found it amusing that in episode seventy-eight, you found it hard to picture anyone playing on a lazy boy, but that is how I've been playing for the last few years. The key is that there is no need for a desk, as the monitor swings out over the chair on a pneumatic arm, and the keyboard rests." On your lap. The mousing service straddles the chair's arm. If you'd like to see pictures of the setup, let me know. And I told him, I said, yes. Heck yeah. <laughs> I want to see where the toilet's built into this thing. Because that's epic. <laughs> where can you get toilet from that? Are you kidding me? You haven't seen the ultimate computer chair? <laughs> it's like the same say, thing with the pneumatic well, arm coming across. And it's got a toilet seat. If this uh, had a toilet seat, it'd be perfect. What about a fridge? You, well, you need to it's arm's reach. Oh, yeah, and then okay. toilet seat, maybe catheter. All right. It says, otherwise, keep up. Keep up. Freckle face, take two. <laughs> otherwise, keep up the good podcast and hi from New Zealand. Hey, we got another person. Do you know, uh, do you know uh, Mark? <laughs> Mark's in New Zealand. Stop it. He is, though. I know that. Yeah. Nothing to Mark. And then we got a comment on Facebook from Gravius. It says about you the rant in your last show. Did you rant about changing passwords? Yeah. It says as much as I hate to change password, but to change it, you need to either answer a secret question or provide some digits of your subscription code. And since your account's locked out, you mostly won't be going to the login screens. FYI. Yeah, I kind of read that and realized that yeah, I did have to go and answer a question. And so you know, what are you saying is when I kind of was going on the rant, I kind of meant you know. It would be stupid because somebody could get around that and just change my password or whatever. Yeah, you'd have a secret question, and it, you know, depending on the secret questions, like some of them they ask you. I'm like, a lot of people know that. Nobody, well, 
Well, okay, but if if it is a like standard question, like right. what is your um, we get to maternal grandfather's first name? You a lot get of to set this one. That. Yep, you get to set this question. What is your first pet? A lot of people know that. You you get to set this one. Well, I don't remember what it is. I'm just oh. saying. I'm just saying. If somebody knows you and they right. went to hack you, no. they might be able to guess. Well, that's they the might. thing because a secret question, and this is where, as far as you know, security and stuff concerned. Mm-hmm. A secret question doesn't have, it's just it's an answer that you know. It doesn't have to be anything about you or your past or anything else. It's just a question that you know. Like, what's the answer to life? Anything you want to ask. No. You know, it's just like, you know, you know, what's, I don't know, you know, something, something you know that you wouldn't tell anybody else, you know. But, yeah, mine, you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess. Are you sure? Yeah. I know a lot about you. Not this, you don't. <laughs> you, well, let's put it this way. You remember what the book you got me for uh, my birthday that kind of creeped you? Yeah. yeah, this is creepier than that. Oh. So, but yeah, he's right. I appreciate that little bit of information. I did, I was kind of ranting and just kind of going off, but it still really ticks me off that they can't get authentication straight. It ain't difficult. So Agreed. I had authenticated at home again. I, I guess something messed up with my little Windows uh, registry. No, it's just random. Because no, it asked me my no. authentication randomly. Well, I mean, it quit doing it for me, and then it came back on, and then it quit. So, I guess my registry I think it's had just doing it randomly. That's the same thing it does in mine. Sometimes it asks for it, sometimes it doesn't. No, yeah, but remember, I did a little registry hack that I found online oh, to turn right. it on full time, oh, and then right, it turned right, off, right. and so I'm like, what's going on? Dude, so, who knows? Maybe it's just a patch thing. Who knows? True. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? What? Uh, Safety One actually gave us some voicemail. Hey, hi guys, it's Safety One. Uh, I'm actually down here in Orlando. I'm off floating at the Sheridan Williams plant over on Sand Lake Road. You guys should stop by, take me out to lunch. Just kidding. Anyway, I just wanted to drop a line, uh, kind of like let you know, uh, give you sort of like a little, uh, little update uh, between me and and Rift. Uh, playing a new MMO isn't uh, as easy as I thought it would be, uh, especially when you've been playing Warcraft since uh, Burning Crusade. I, with the new patch uh, for the Farlands patch coming out, I sort of started playing my Night Elf Priest on uh, Warcraft, and I'm sort of like, kind of like in between. Um, I love the graphics on Rift, but at the same time, uh, Warcraft is a game that I'm already familiar with, and this and that and the other thing. All right, so uh, that's about it. Enjoy the show. Uh, I haven't downloaded your last one from Tuesday yet, uh, but keep up the great work. And uh, and yeah, I'm gonna do this real quick so the uh, the customer here don't start yelling at me. This one's for you guys. Bye. Oh, that's awesome. So he was at like a customer location, huh. and he beeped his horn. <laughs> I wish we could have all gone to lunch. It would have been fun. Yeah, it would have been good. It would have been a fun time. Controversial, thought-provoking, game-changing insider information. Ah, who are we kidding? It's just the main content of the show. Man, do we have a treat for you guys this week. We have uh, Zeph and Garretts, uh, who are going to give us the... The four one one on rating in four point two, and uh, this is a great call. We had him call in, and uh, so check it out. 
All right, so today we have with us two very special guests. Our first one is Garrett's. Say hi, Garrett's. hi oh. And Garrett's was on a few weeks back giving us a guide to rating for the casual player. And this time he's back on and he has brought his raid leader. And his raid leader is Zephon. Hello, hello. Did I say right, Zephon? Yeah, Zephon, but you know what? Let's just go stick with Zeph. Zeph, that okay. Because Zephon kind of sounds like Stefan, which is kind of like exotic and a little bit sexy. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go Zephon. <laughs> Yeah, Zeph, Zeph works to, to, to avoid any uh, any sexual harassment issues we have. <laughs> okay. All right, Freckleface put in her place. It is Zeph. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> All right. Um, now, Rude and I have not done um, really any cataclysm raids um, other than trash runs here and there. That's about mm-hmm. it. So we are relying on the both of you to share with our listeners everything that they're missing in the cataclysm raids. Well, hope we'll do our best. Uh, uh, Garrett's and I are going to try and give a, at least a, a a nice little brief overview for the three big raids. I don't think uh, Throne of the Four Winds is really worth talking about much more than the fact that it's a really, really short raid. So, oh, it is. Well, I like short raids. It's a really short raid, and you know, without going too much into it, you know, you go in, you take care of that the the mini bosses, and then you take on Alakir, and it's a pretty much done and over with so the big the big stuff is the stuff that i think maybe we ought to talk about and we can talk about throwing with four wins at a later point okay oh also i was gonna have you um tell us zeph uh how long you've been playing and what character do you play and what role hmm. well i've been playing wow for about oh two and a half years now i think i got started uh, about early part of 2009 uh, when I was still uh, employed with the military, which, boy, that sure helped the long days go by sometimes. And um, I got started then, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, I've played a little bit of everything except for Warlock and Priest, but I've mained, uh, for the first part of that uh, tenure, I've mained a Druid. And then I switched over to the class that everyone loves to hate, the Death Knight. And I would like to think that I'm darn good at doing it because I've really taken a lot of shine to using the Death Knight. Zelampago is his name on Feathermoon and you know I've really enjoyed playing the Death Knight. It's a, it's a fantastic class. It takes a lot more skill than people give it credit for and but we could go into that debate some other time. Uh, part and parcel I've really enjoyed uh, playing as him and you know in game it used to be I just do whatever came to mind but nowadays I focus mostly on uh, being a raid leader, uh, doing the occasional heroic with my friends, and uh, being part of the council for Wanderer, our guild. So it's it's not necessarily a job, but it's something that I like to do in my spare time that kind of gives me a little bit of <sighs> relaxation from the daily grind of, you know, day-to-day life. True that. And yes, it is a fun class. <laughs> I love yanking things across the map going, get over here! Do you actually do and the whole scorpion does. voice? Oh, absolutely. You can't not do the scorpion voice with Death Grip. It's just the way it is. You know, and, you know my, my raiders, my raiders uh, laugh whenever I uh, hit Army of the Dead, which is, you know, for those who are unaware, is the Death Knight's uh, end-all, be-all button for causing havoc and heroics, or it used to be. You just summon, like, eight ghouls, and they start aggroing everything they possibly can, and I just go, rise, my minions, rise. And then we just die laughing, and then... Hope we don't yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our raid has a lot of fun, but anyways, 
So I've been playing for a while, and I really enjoy the game. And uh, I've known Garrett's for about that long as well. He and I uh, were in a guild together, and he came over to Wanderer when we started doing raiding on Wanderer. So that's how I know him. Yep. Do you know each other IRL at all? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We've uh, we've hung out a, a couple of times. We've gone to a few uh, different uh, gaming and uh, artistic conventions as well. And he's come up here to Seattle to stay with uh, me and my roommate for a while when we showed him the sites. Oh, neat. I think I mentioned that the last time I was uh, on the show. You know what? You probably did. You did. You did. Yeah, I, okay, I'm remembering yeah, now. So. You're right. Okay. If you guys don't mind, let's start with Bastion of Twilight. Okay. I have never been there. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Well, Bastion of Twilight is probably the it's probably the starter raid if you don't want to go do Alakir. Uh it's got four bosses, is generally, you know, for the four content, which you know, we'll discern between four and the four point two, which is Firelands, which we'll get into later. Uh, it's probably the easier of the two big raids in four to get into because it's more it's more like a classic raid. There's tons of trash and there's less bosses, but they're more they're trickier bosses. In, in, a, in a certain way. Uh, the very first room you have has at least six different trash poles, and they require a lot of CC. Uh, the first one I can think of is there's a, there's a you have to CC a healer, CC a, a, a hunter, and then your tanks have to take care of two different adds, one of which, as soon as he gets to 25%, uh, gains a buff that reduces all damage that's below 25,000 to one. Which, yeah, you'll, you'll see that coming because it's got that little hunter axe thing that it does. You know, it goes tink, 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 and it's just a pain in the butt. Regardless of which, yeah, it's, it's not exactly a difficult raid. It's just, it's the starter raid, I would think. There's a lot of good trash loot that drops. Uh, we call them trepics. And the trash epics are pretty darn good. You can get, uh, let's see. I know that one of our tanks was jonesing after the soul blade forever because it's one of the best tanking blades in the game. And... It's it's the kind of thing that you you know like I said it's the, the next logical step up from going to heroics into raiding. Uh, going through Throne of the Four Winds requires a almost a different mentality because it's just bosses. It's the three bosses and then Alakir. There's no trash. So players along the lines of a class like mine who has uh, abilities that can do area of effect damage like Howling Blast or uh, a Hunter's Volley or heck, even Blizzard, have to be mindful of how they're throwing their abilities out just in case, because they may end up aggroing something else, and you'll end up having a great big old mess on your hands. So you but, have to be cautious in the way that you DPS. Yes, you do. Uh, it's Well, any raider has to be pretty cautious in the way they DPS. You know, Omen is almost, uh, the add-on Omen is almost a requirement, because it does keep track of the aggro and threat that is being built on the current target, and it's it's nearly vital to know if you're, you know, staying under the tank, or if you're about to pull off the tank, and uh, it's one of the ways I can let my DPS know, hey guys, wait until, you know, wait until our tank Delvariath, wait until Dell's got his uh, aggro set, and then when I see Dell's got about 100 aggro, so I go, okay, go ahead and start. And by that point, he's usually got his rotation set that he can keep aggro up. So, like I said, there's four bosses. They're uh, of a varying difficulty. The first one, Hathis Wormbreaker, is a unique boss in, in WoW that I've not seen in a very long time in that uh, his difficulty changes week by week based on the dragons he has. Oh, he's cool. got Yes, he's got any of three, he's got three of any five dragons that he's got around them, which are uh, different models of the different dragons you'd see around the game, including uh, very cute little emerald whelps. Oh. And yeah, and they all affect the uh, the boss a certain way, so learning how to 
deal with uh, certain whelps, like uh, the Time Warden will slow the dragon behind Hathus, or uh, another one will make Hathus, uh, you know, will, will stun him, or another one will slow him down to where he can't cast his great big AoE. And learning how to, which dragon needs to go first, and from there on, you have your tanks handle it as such. And there can be some really, really tricky combinations. If all of the buffs are on Hafus and none of them are on his proto-behemoth behind him, that's considered the hardest combination because Hafus is hitting 100% faster. Uh, he's got an ability called Shadow Nova, which is a huge AoE. And if you're not careful, he's going to be putting humongous stacks of moral strikes on your tanks. So they have to be switching while DPSing the Dragonstone. It's a tricky fight. It's a very tricky fight. From there, you've got uh, the double dragons, Theralion and Valiona. They're, uh, they're a fun little fight. And then after that, you've got uh, Council, which we call it the Captain Planet Encounter, because uh, you've got uh, four different versions of the Ascendants, like what you would see around uh, the new Twilight Highlands stuff. And they're based off of fire, water, wind, and earth. And then they all combine at the end to great create this great big huge Ele- elementia monstrosity and we call mm. him captain planet because why not yeah all the four elements are there so yeah and at that point it's a great big old race and then you finally have chogal himself who is not necessarily a difficult fight more in the point that he is a he's a fight that you have to practice to get right um it took us a while but we finally got him down and it was more of a point of everyone taking care of making sure they do their call outs everyone Knowing where they were supposed to be, uh, we had our tanks calling out, uh, asking for help with uh, certain ads, and as well, uh, everyone would call out when they were being dominated by his uh, possession that he does, which uh, needs to be interrupted. And then once he uh, started his burn phase in phase two, which when he gets to about 25%, uh, then we just dragged him up on his skull, throw him where he was, and we uh, it was basically a race against time at that point. Overall, it's not a terribly difficult raid to get past. Um, it's a lot more CC intensive. You know, there's a lot more that you look for, and it's definitely a, a raid that will benefit from going with what I uh, what I call the golden combination of raiding. If you're doing ten man, which is the three two three two, three healers, two tanks, three melee, two ranged. You go with that, and you're pretty much good to go. Almost every ranged has an interrupt of some kind, and uh, melees have interrupts as well. Melees can you know, close distance, good tanks, good healers, so on and so forth. Like Zeph said, there's annoying spots within Bastion. Some of the half combos are truly brutal. Slate Dragon and Nether Scion. Time Warden's actually one of the easier ones of that combo, especially if you have the Emerald Whelps. But yes, for half you need to keep an eye on your interrupts. Uh, when it comes to Valiona and Theralion, you need to have uh, situational awareness because... Valiona likes doing the whole deep breath thing, which is yeah. a whole bucket of fun. Yeah, she has an ability that will uh, fry anyone that's standing relatively in front of her, and it's easy to see it coming, but it's difficult to get out of the way if you're standing way far away. Throw in Dazzling Destruction and Blackout, and yeah. that's That name still slays me. Uh, an ability that uh, Theralian does is called Dazzling Destruction. <laughs> it's pink. It's well, pink it, it, and swirly. It's pink and That's swirly. Awesome. And there used to be a running gag before they changed his voice that he had a very fabulous voice going on. We're and uh, yeah, it's he he was he was he was very fabulous. And um <laughs> so now they changed his voice to be a little bit more deeper and more, you know, dragonish, but it's still they didn't change the name of the ability to dazzling destruction and it's just one of those things like yeah. <laughs> 
That's pretty cool. All right, well, let me ask both of you. A player who is going to join this raid for the first time, what would you recommend that they do to get themselves ready? Are there any particular videos or websites online that will help them get prepped for this particular raid? Yeah, that's your forte. <laughs> I would say uh, what I recommend to my raiders usually is tankspot.com uh, or looking up the Tankspot videos on YouTube. Uh their raiders, they do a fantastic job of making sure that the fights are understood from a video standpoint. You can watch that, and usually they'll cover the basics, and then they'll go over the whole fight in their video. You can see usually they do a whole video-long fight, and there might not be any commentary, but their main commentator is a uh, uh, a German lady named Elena, who does uh, a really, really good job in comments and lets people know where to stand, where not to stand, and the visuals of that can really help sink into raiders what to look for as well. Um, Websites like Wowhead in particular can really help you understand the differences between certain things. At least it used to until they brought in the new raid mechanics manual. Mm. All right, and this might be kind of a broad question, but is there anything from this raid that drops that's like a special drop that everybody wants, like a particular mount or a pet or something like that? There aren't any pets per se, nor mounts, unfortunately, though I think this raid probably could benefit from that. But I would say that the big drop that most all casters would want is the Twilight Hammer that uh, Chogal has. It's a very distinctive-looking hammer, and it doesn't share its model with any other models. Like, a couple of the other models will, oh. you know, be completely different. Like, uh, uh, Hafus's, uh the Warmbreaker hammer that uh, I've been using for a while has a very distinct model. But for casters, it's a very, very good... Uh, hammer and besides it's Chogal's hammer you took his hammer from him after you killed him what more do you want this is true yes aside from that there's not really a whole lot that's very distinct about looking for it from that particular raid as far as I can tell um it's more on a more on a case-by-case basis with the different bosses that you go with because nearly every boss has like something really awesome for a specific class. Like uh, the druid I have in my uh, raid was looking for a long time for Hafus's, uh staff that he drops called Malevolence. And uh, I know that every time uh, Thralian's mirror drops, the ranged have a, practically have fisticuffs trying to figure out who wants to have that more. Which is funny. <laughs> it is funny, yes. But for the most part, the gear that drops in here is really, really stable and steady, and because there's a lot of trash mobs that you have to deal with, you have a very good chance of seeing at least one or two Trepics on any given run. Uh, if you don't, what? well, it would take it would take the fact that you would have to clear all the trash to be able to see it, but it is a very good chance to see it nonetheless. Oh, okay. Rich just explained to me what a Trepic was. Okay, a yeah. Trepic uh, is a uh, that's shorthand version for a trash epic. That's one of those uh, bind on equip things that you would see drop that doesn't bind when you, you know, the raid leader gives it to a person. It doesn't bind to them when they get it. It's a bind on equip that you can either equip then or you can sell on the auction house for major, major loots. Sure. And, yeah. So the, and these are usually weapons that are beneficial to nearly everyone or you can sell them and they, they've turned a pretty good profit. Uh, the first couple of times we went through Bastion of Twilight, we saw a druid uh, agility helm called Sangha's Helm drop, and we saw it drop three times in a row, and that earned at least uh, 6,000 gold the first time around on the auction house. Nice. And Yeah, and from there, just it just keeps going up. So if you if you hear me use the word trepic, that's what I mean. You know? All right, fair enough. All right, so can both of you tell me what your favorite thing is about this particular raid? Tough call. I'd have to go with as much of a headache as the fight can be. It has to be the uh, Ascendant Council fight. 
just because there's so many different mechanics and it really tests your situational awareness for the fight. So when you beat it, you feel really good about yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even us, and we've had practice at it, when we managed to down the guy, it feels so dang good because it's like, oh, finally, he's dead. Yeah. Can we move I, on now? Yeah, can we move on, please? <laughs> we got we got railroaded at him for a long time before the 4.2 patch hit and uh, higher grade armor, as well as the boss downgrades happened. Unfortunately, we weren't able to beat uh, many of the big bosses before then. The only... Uh, raid that our raid, Wanderer's Raid, has ever beaten before the 4.2 patch hit and the bosses got nuked was uh, Throne of the Four Winds. So we didn't get to beat Shogal when he was difficult, you know, finger quotes as everyone says. But I don't really see that as a problem because it's not really about, we're not, you know, my raid is not about doing world first or trying to do it the hardest way possible because, I mean, come on, that's like kicking a wall. I mean, what point is there to it? You know, it's we, we play to have fun. We don't play to beat our heads against a wall. We play to have fun, and if it's easier, well, who am I to argue? But yes, I agree with, I agree with Garrett. That actually is probably my favorite part about that raid because it is a it is a technical challenge. There is no given point where anyone can just kind of tank and spank and you just, you know, sit there and go, Dang, you know, one, 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 two, one, 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 two. There's no part of just sitting around on that you have everyone has a part to play and everyone has to keep up on their parts because and 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 even then the two phases uh first phase is fire and water and they work off of each other their abilities uh cancel each other out and everyone has to be mindful of that for instance uh faludius is the water guy he does an ability called uh glaciate well it's not glaciate it's not it's a water bomb Water bomb, yes, think. Uh, water bomb sprays water all over the raid, and it'll hit you with the debuff called Waterlog, but doesn't do anything on his own. However, when he does do his glaciate ability, it'll hit the entire raid for a little bit of damage, unless you're waterlogged. At which point, it flash freezes you, and you start taking massive damage. So, you know, the point, the question to be asked is, well, how do you get rid of that? And that's where Ignatius comes in, because Ignatius does an ability that basically looks like that hot streak fire trail you see some of the elementals do in uh, the regular highlight. Uh, Twilight Highlands, and that requires basically, this is the first time you can actually say to raiders, go stand in the fire. Oh. I might be be good at this raid then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not go stand in the fire indefinitely, it's just go run through the fire because that'll burn off the water log. Oh, so it takes care of that debuff, that's cool. Yeah, as well that, you know, the two have debuffs that they put on random players that can help other you know, players, because what we do is we have the melee attack uh, Ignatius, and the range will take on Faludius because Faludius needs to be tanked uh, away from the raid, and Ignatius needs to be tanked with the melee uh, because of his I just a flame ability that he does needs all the DPS on him as much as possible. So, and the big trick to the fight is maintaining awareness of the health meters because when the four bosses, uh, the four mini bosses, combine at the end to create Captain Planet. Uh, the combination of their health is added up and then divided by four. So the lower it is, the better. But the problem is, is that uh, on their pairs, you know, the fire and water and the air and storm, or air and earth, excuse me, if one of them gets to 25, it automatically triggers the next part. No questions asked. So you want them to kind of both hit 25 or less at that point. Because the lower you have the Elementium Monstrosity at the end, the easier it becomes. Because he is an absolute... Well, pardon my language, he's an absolute... So, in any case, there's... Yeah, that's probably my favorite fight. I like that fight a lot. Alright, sounds good. So Bastion Twilight is basically like the entry-level raid. Is what you're saying, right? Okay, so 
Blackwing Descent. That's a little bit harder, isn't it? Yes. Blackwing Descent is definitely more advanced for the 4.0 because this time you've got six bosses and they gate you. Uh, instead of going one gate boss you. at a time, it, well, what I mean by that is they 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 give you choice. Uh, instead of going one boss at a time like most normal raids would have you go, and that's how Bastion of Twilight goes. You face each boss in succession, no questions asked. Right from the outset, you can pick either of the first two bosses, Magma or the ODS, the um, Neutron Defense System, and you can go to either of them first. So that right there opens up a bit more for where you want to go first. Most raids, including ours, goes to Magma first because, well, he's easy. Less trash in this place, a lot less trash than compared to Bastion of Twilight, but it hits harder. So your healers and tanks are going to need to be very much aware of you know where the mechanics is as well. Your raiders need to be aware of their mechanics. This is one of those raids that will teach you very painfully, very quickly, don't stand where the tanks are standing. Because usually where the tanks are standing is a bad place. Because that's where Cleave's going to come in. And Cleave will remove your bottom half from your top half. And then you'll be doing push-ups, as we call it. <laughs> and the trash are fond of it, too. Yes, the trash are very fond of it. Uh, the magma, the three ads that are in uh, Magma's chamber uh, all do that as well. And the very first time we went in, uh, we went in almost nearly a week after uh, Cataclysm hit. We were, we were pretty good to go. And actually, no, we went in two weeks. My bad. And we got to the first ad, and we're like, oh, okay, he does this little bit. So we thought that the next two ads did the same thing. So we'll just tank them. You know, we'll tank them right next to each other. Yeah, no. See, we didn't know that they had an extra ability, that they basically functioned the same way as the other ad did, except that at certain points, they will switch places. Or, more to the point, they will run to whoever is currently farthest from their range. So whoever is the farthest person from that ad, they will immediately run to him and do a little swirly attack, like you see them do that spinning bow staff thing. Oh, yeah. They will do that, and it will annihilate anyone that is not a tank. It almost annihilates a tank. A tank needs a healer at that point. So the first time we went in, we were unaware of that, and our raid got demolished. Oh, that's not good. Our healers well, we, were the first to go down. Yeah, and we had a lot of screaming and a lot, what the heck was that? And so on and so forth. Uh, so we had to learn how to be situationally aware with where we put the basic trash because we were we learned that we needed the tanks to be the farthest from each other and the range and the heals needed to be basically splitting the difference. And the tank they would run towards the tanks and if the melee would stand back a little bit. And you have to split them because uh, they need to die relatively close to each other. This is a great example of how much more... It doesn't necessarily take CC in this raid. It takes being actively aware of how much DPS you're doing and how much you've got them positioned where, when, and how. And nearly all the ads do this. Uh, but anyways, uh, once you get past the uh, Omnitron Defense Council in Magma, uh, you open up the gate, and that opens up the next three bosses in a great big circular area, and that's uh, Chimeron, Atromedes, and Meloriac. These three bosses can be taken on in any given order, whichever you prefer. It doesn't really matter, though most people will tend to do either a, a clockwise or a counterclockwise fashion, depending on which one they want to do first. Um, for most people, they'll start at Meloriac and go counterclockwise because you know, going from Meloriac's 3 o'clock position as you look down to Atromedes at 12 to Chimeron at 9 o'clock. And you take out trash as you go. There's a couple of dragons down there and some little mobs that are wandering around that have to be tanked separate of their handlers, so on and so forth. 
yeah. Uh, Meloriac's not a really fun fight. We call him the red light, green light fight because uh, he changes phases based on the uh, color of potion that he's drank. That's cool. And he's a little bit of fun. Atromedes is an absolutely stellar encounter. It's one of the best things. It's, practiced, it's probably the best raid encounter I've had because it does things so differently. Because the whole, bo- the whole the boss cannot see you. The boss is blind. The oh, boss yeah. Is- Richard was telling us about this guy. Yes. Atromedes <laughs> is the blind he, dragon boss. He was. Okay. He, you know, he's like, hey, they got a blind boss just like me. Richard was talking to me about this. Oh, okay. So, That's it's all right. right. Yeah. Atromedes is a fun fight, and the whole fight revolves around sound and how much sound you are creating based off of his abilities. Uh, once you learn how to tank him and how to keep him where he goes and dealing with his aerial phase, he's not necessarily a pushover, but he's just, you know, he's a bit of a getting through the fight. You know, there's no phase change. There's no berserk. You basically have a uh, shortened rage because it all depends on clearing your sound by using the gongs around the room. You have a raid member hit those and it goes boing, 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 and it... It makes him writhe in pain, and it will clear everyone's sound meter, as well as interrupt anything that he's doing. This is vital for his Searing Flames ability, because that can demolish your raid very, very fast. So, being aware of that is fun. And his his uh, his trash mobs that he has there are... The Dwarven Spirits. Yeah, the Dwarven Spirits. They're, they're an exercise in grinding your teeth for certain classes. Uh, the first set, the basic idea is that the four different Dwarven Spirits, you can you have to tank them all at once. Between your two tanks. And when you kill one, not only do the other three uh, regain all of their health, uh, the one that you killed gives his specific ability to the other three. Oh, wow. So you have to have a a, nece- a, a kill order by necessity. Um, and it has to be a very specific kill order. Otherwise, you run the risk of having all sorts of problems. Uh, the very first one has a, one of the mobs has an ability called Execution Sentence that will stunlock a raid member. And used to be that if uh, you didn't DPS his shield off and stun him or interrupt him somehow, the ability would kill that specific raid member without question. Now imagine three other people, now imagine instead of one mob having that, imagine three mobs having the ability to do that, and you'll see what I mean by that point. Yeah, that would kind of suck. Thankfully, with the uh, recent hotfixes, that ability no longer instant kills you. It just hurts like heck. Yeah, it hurts a lot. So... Again, a, a specified kill order, and as a raid leader, I take the time to set up the kill order. Me and my main tank, uh, he's really, really good at it, too. He'll he'll specify using the little in-game markings, the skull, X, triangle, square. And we'll go and we'll specify, okay, kill skull first, kill X. And that helps the DPS to know, okay, I should be aiming at that thing now. You know, on a side note, the reason I hate that fight so much is because the very first mob we have to kill is the easiest one, and that's the one that's got the ability called Stone Blood, and it removes all DP, all, all bleed effects and all disease effects, which, if you're like a death... Like what dwarves do. Yep. And anyway, if you're a death knight, eh, that means all your diseases go bye-bye, and you have to reapply them. Oh. Again, and again, and again. So, yeah. But, again, uh, Chimeron is a fun little fight. He's, uh, He's all about your healers not going crazy because he will. The whole the whole genesis of the fight is that you are helping out Finkel Einhorn. If you remember anything about that mob, the last saw him was in uh, what was it Upper Black Rock Spire, I believe. Uh, there was that and uh, one of the Cataraids. Yes, Black Rock well, Depths, I think. Yes, Black Rock Depths. Uh, Finkel Einhorn is a little gnome guy who got himself captured. That somehow, while he was in, you know, incarcerated, he managed to build himself a little bot thing. Uh, and basically, it's 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 a 
well, what is it called? It's a, it's like a Helotron or something like that. It's, it's really yeah. weird. But the fight, you can actually aggro the fight with Chimera in itself, but you're going to lose because the fight revolves around that robot. So your raid leader or whoever wants to start the fight should go back, talk to um, uh, Finkel Einhorn, and he'll start the, uh, the little bot up, and it'll wander around and kind of spray this noxious crap all over the room. This stuff will actually prevent uh, Chimera from killing your raiders outright because he has abilities that do 900,000 damage. Wow. That is a lot. However, if the bot is active... Any damage that is over, you know, if you're if the specific raider is over ten thousand health, anything that would kill them instead reduces them to one health. This means that your healers, instead of going crazy, need to only heal people up to ten thousand health and keep them there. Your raid needs to spread out to keep the other different little abilities from triggering on one another. But again, his massacre does a ton of damage. So you need to make sure that everyone has their health above that, except for the off tank, who's going to be taking an ability called double strike. But no, the tanks will know what they need to do if they study these fights. They'll see that, you know, there needs to be a tank taking the main attack and then a tank taking double attack, which is where he attacks twice in quick succession. Your main tank can't take that. After he does two or three massacres, the bot will shut down and he'll enter his feud phase, which is where his heads will start nipping and biting at each other. Your whole raid needs to stack up this point, and there needs to be big-time AoE heals because the bot is inactive, and he's going to keep doing an ability that he does. And it will, the, it will, the damage will spread, but it's still, the bot is inactive, so if you get killed, you get killed. Uh, Zeph was talking earlier about how we got stonewalled at, at uh, Bastion of Twilight. Chimeron was our stopping point for uh, Blackwing for a long time. Chimeron gave us a lot of problems because we had a lot of problems getting our healers to understand not going crazy, conserving mana, and knowing that when it was feud time, that was when the big, big, big AoE needs to happen. Well, and we also had, uh, between his Massacre and the Caustic Slime ability, some of us would go down and we, between one blink and another... Yeah, and this is one of those fights that everyone needs to stay alive because at the end of it, when he gets down to about 20%, that's your all-or-nothing phase because what he'll do is he'll inflict a a debuff on everyone called Mortality that prevents 99% of the healing from getting through. At this, Yes, at this point, it is a DPS race, and in fact, your healers should stop healing and start DPSing themselves. This is where Bloodlust, Army of the Dead, uh, Elementals, everything comes out into play because Chimeron is completely untankable. What he'll do instead is he'll start following his aggro list. Now, the, the bot is still active, so damage you know taking that would kill you if you have 10,000 health will instead reduce you to one so everyone should have at least two to three good hits if they have a potion or a warlock cookie you know a soul uh, soul stone whatever you want to call it uh, will help out in that respect well this is a fight where actually bringing a rogue along almost uh, a rogue or a cat or bear uh, druid is is almost a huge benefit because a bear or cats have natural high dodge ability and if they can keep dodging his attacks uh that's longer that your dps has to wear him down as well rogues evasion will cause chimera to just keep missing and missing and missing and missing and that's more time that you have to dps him down in fact one of the uh achievements for it is you know uh full of sound and and that's uh not letting him kill more than two people kill him so Excuse me, I, I love that fight because it's 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 just like it's a race against time fight. That sounds cool too. Like I like the kind when they 
You just get down to the bottom and everybody gets just, just to do whatever the heck they want to do. That's my kind of fight. Yeah, and there's Nefarian. And he's giving us problems still. Uh, Nefarian is the final boss, and he's so tricky to deal with because of his encounters that, like I said, this is the advanced raid. This is the one that you need to be a good, solid raider to go to. You need to be aware of your specific class and your specific abilities and to make sure that you're not going crazy with your DPS or your healing or your aggro, because pulling aggro on that fight is an instant kill to you. Uh, those dragons are merciless. And I do mean dragons. There's not one but two, because Nefarian resurrects Anixia. And she's all stitched back together from the last couple of times she's been chopped to pieces. And, uh, no, yeah. You didn't know? No, I didn't know. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know it either. Yep. She's <laughs> back again. Yeah, it's they just can't leave her well enough alone. Uh, but the good thing is, is that she doesn't actively talk. I don't think she's got much brain power. She just kind of does what Nefarian tells her to do. It's a very tricky fight, and it lasts a long time. And even with the 4.2 uh, rebalancing, it's still tricky for us to deal with. Because you've got to deal with a number of different things. You've got ads that are wandering all over the place that need to be tanked by a third tank is actually recommended. Uh, you've got the two dragons who need to be tanked as far away from each other as possible. Otherwise, they gain a humongous speed buff, and that's just the first phase. Once you kill Anixia, then Nefarian floods the whole room, and you've got to take out some ads on these little pillars. Get done with that, and then you get to face him by himself as well, and your off-tank is going to be uh, dragging a bunch of skeleton ads all around the room. The problem comes in in that Nefarian's ability is called Crackle. At his 10%, you know, whenever he hits 90, 80, 70%, he'll automatically hit the entire raid with a massive amount of This wouldn't be a bad thing. If your tanks weren't already taking a massive amount of damage as well, and losing a tank here is almost soul crushing. But you know, yeah, it's right uh, now. Right now, Wander is eleven of twelve on raid bosses, and he is the sole reason we're not twelve of twelve. Wow, he is okay. a pain in the. Once you get through him, uh, once you get through him, he is. It's it's a very much a good 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 feeling. We don't know it yet because we haven't gotten through him <laughs> yet. Yet, operative so, word there's yet. Yeah, yeah, but we're getting there. We're we've got the lockout saved such that we're gonna go back when we uh, start our rating this week, and we're getting him down come hell or high water. All right, now this one has to have a mount dropped. It has to be mount or pet or something somewhere in this raid. Something that everyone's fighting over. I wish that there was a mount or pet dropping. I mean, it would make sense. Like the Anixia uh, fights had right. that uh, that specific fights had the pet or the the chance for a mount but no unfortunately it does not there are no mounts or pets in this raid uh there are however specific class uh trinkets and items that are very very powerful that drop off the trash epics um oh yes i've got one called uh, fury of anger forge that is a very very powerful strength-based melee user uh epic that will turn you into a dragonkin for about 20 seconds and your strength goes up a lot. You hit That's like a truck. Alright, so. so a player who has never done this raid before. Same recommendation, tank spot? Yeah, I would say the one? tank spot would be a very, very, very good idea for the first couple of fights, and if not every fight, because there, uh, even Magma has requirements that are going to push your raiders to do 
to do more than just tank and spank. Uh, the ODS gave us a great big amount of trouble for the first couple of, of weeks of our rating because of the, the four different golems work so much differently and the fight is never the same way twice because um, they can res themselves. The golems will be up in any different combination that given week. So understanding what the boss mechanics do, understanding things like a, a good raider would know to kind of look ahead in the raid manual and see, okay, well, here's these abilities and here's this. But tank spot can really ease that pain. You can even go to the supplemental material that they have on their forums for advice on building your spec and building your gear such that you get the most out of your out of your specific class that you possibly can. And they even make add-on recommendations. I, for one, would be lost without my uh, add-on that I have that's called CLCDK. That, uh, basically, it's it's a rotation reminder. It tells me, oh, by the way, you should be obliterating now. Or, oh, by the way, you should probably Howling Blast because your freezing fog has uh, has procced. And because I'm raid leading and i got like five different things that I'm trying to pay attention to, like, oh, i got to tell him to be there. i got to remind the raid. Here comes Obliterate or whatever. Look over to the window that's right next to my help. And, oh! I should probably refresh my my uh, runes. Boom! There I go. So, tank spot is you know I would hardly recommend it. There's another one that I can't remember off the top of my head that one of my main tanks tells me that he goes to. But looking up online the strategies as well as you know how you can benefit yourself from doing this raiding. If you want to step up from just being a, a you know kind of eh, I'll do it every now and then to you know kind of taking a bit more interest in it. That's definitely a place to break the ice on it. Because most of the times, and I say most of the times because this is the internet and there are trolls everywhere, most of the times you'll find people that are going to be helpful and will be courteous to you and will say, oh, okay, you don't know what you're doing. Here's some good advice, or at least they'll point you in the right direction. All right, so, Zeph, favorite thing about BWD? The bosses themselves. Uh, The trash in this raid is not necessarily anything to really write home about once you understand it it kind of just becomes blah the dwarves are a nice touch but the bosses themselves are so varied from all of the stuff that you saw in uh uh, in in the icc and things like that okay all right sounds good all right garrett's favorite thing about bwd um i actually gotta go with zeph on this one definitely the bosses particularly atromedius and meloriac so it's just the fight mechanics adds so much to what would normally be, okay, let's figure out how this mechanic works. Alright, sounds good. Let's move on to Firelands. Now, I've uh, been yeah. inside it, but Root has no idea. No. So, you, you need to tell Root. I'm not even close to going over there yet. <laughs> well, you'd actually be among company. We've just barely dipped our toes into that. and I think it's, that would hurt. It's all lava. It's tougher. It definitely steps its game up because um, whereas Bastion of Twilight is a linear raid, you know, start to finish, you follow a given path, and Blackwing Descent is more open to the point, this raid is absolutely open. It's a great big huge field with tons of trash all over everywhere, and you can just blaze a trail through the trash to whichever boss you want to go to first, but you got to be mindful because kill enough trash and you'll summon a boss right there in the middle, and then you got no choice, you're going to have to deal with them. Right, right. When I did the trash run, that's basically what we did was we just kind of killed a bunch of trash and right in there in the front. And then as soon as, like, a boss came out, it was, like, starts yelling some smack talk. I don't remember exactly what he said. And then, like, okay, time to reset. And we went back out and started over again. 
That's exactly. Cool. This fights, uh, these fights are much more difficult. They are much more intricate, even than even than the Blackwing Descent stuff. I, I get the feeling that Blizzard has really started focusing on making fights something special. Each fight has something here that I've looked through on Tank Spot um, in preparation for my raiders to kind of be able to talk to them and get them to understand it. I've looked through the majority of fights, and they're all different. Uh, ever wanted to drive a boss? Riot your boss because he's untankable. But you can't let him get to his, uh, the end of his platform, otherwise he'll nuke the raids. So steer him by hitting legs. Oh, is that the, is that Ragnaros? Yeah. Now that's not Ragnaros. Uh, Lord so. Ryleth. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a great. He's basically a big moving mountain. That's the best way I can describe him. Uh, you've got Alice Razor, who, in a bit of lore, used to be uh, one of the Green Dragons. And then she kind of fell for Ragnos's uh, come to the dark side bit, and she got turned into a phoenix. And that fight is going to be a joy as a melee and as a raider, uh, a raid leader, because uh, being a melee means you get to fly, and you have to fly after her to keep DPS up on her. And oh yeah, did I mention that you had to fly through rings of fire while you're doing that? I heard about this one. Yeah. Yes. So. There's a there's a lot of uniqueness to these bosses that again Blizzard has really stepped up each time instead of making you know boring boring more boring like the old school raids like back before uh, they revamped them Zolgarub and Zolomon were just blah you go through <laughs> and you nuke everything and it's like but these fights there is no there is no turning your brain off and just you know. Blah, 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 blah. Can I have my fat loots, please? No. You have to pay attention. You will always have to pay attention, or you will be a detriment to both your raid and to everyone else who's taking the time out of their schedules to be there as long as you. So now, it's it's really, 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 really tough. Now, WowWiki just kind of has it split up into um, outro bosses and final bosses. So the final bosses, do you do those in any order, or is it... Well... The, the last two bosses I do know of are Thandral uh, Staghelm, who is the Fire Druid's... Uh, uh, he's the Fire Druid's big boss, and you right. need to beat him before you're allowed access to Ragnaros himself. Okay. And he's, he's one that most every Druid will want to, to beat at least once for the sheer chance of seeing his staff drop, because um, I know the question that's coming, is there any special loot? There is special loot this time around, uh, that I can oh, at least think of two ever. different things. Uh, Fandral Staghelm will drop a staff that I can't quite remember the name of off the top of my head, but if a druid equips it and goes into cat form and goes into battle, their cat form lights on fire. That's what it was. That was back in about a month ago. Someone was telling me I needed to get my druid up <laughs> before patch 4.2, but I think be a little bit Yeah, Flaming before. Kitty, yes. Yeah, Flaming Kitty uh, eating face, and then the flame goes out afterwards like, what happened? Weren't you just on fire? I don't know. Yeah. But um, that and then the big, the big, big, big legendary that's been uh, the talk of the town, everyone, that's uh, Terracosis Rest, otherwise known as Dragonrath. Dragonrath. Which is completely tied to this raid and tied to your guild as well. If you really want to put forth the effort to getting one of your raiders this, it benefits the entire guild to work together How's because that? everyone in the guild gets a pet. <gasps> yes. Wait, a- whether they went on the raid or not? Whether they win on the raid or not, if the guild has earned Terracosa's rest, the entire like guild earns the pet. pet. Or they have to go buy it? Nope. Uh, I think they might have to buy it from the guild vendor, but 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that, they have to buy it or not, but I'm pretty sure that if the achievement is there in the guild, you get the pet. This is the uh, the staff that actually turns a person into a dragon, right? Yes, it's the staff that not only does not only has a double cast uh, ability on it, but also uh, out of combat will let them turn into a humongous blue dragon, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And you get to fly around like a dragon. Yeah, our our shaman that we have in our our uh, raid has been foaming at the mouth to get into Firelands because he's already got the starter quest locked uh, locked up nice and tight. Now he just needs to start collecting the bits and pieces, um, and you get those by beating bosses and. It's going to take us a while, but we're going to get there, and I know for a fact that he's going to probably lose his mind when he gets that staff, but he will probably be very, very happy when he has it. Uh, going back to the pet real fast, I just looked up on Wowhead, and it is Lil Terek Gosa. Basically, a, a, you know, you have Lil XT, Lil KT. This is Lil Terek Gosa, and it's a sell price of 375 gold. Okay. Oh. There you go. So. Thank you, Garrett's. I don't understand Blizzard's um, lore of the afterlife. It's like, you can kill to come back as a miniature version of yourself with somebody's pet. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I, I, would, I would have to say that it's definitely on a case-by-case basis. When it comes to lore, the big players, uh, when they die, they stay dead. Um, like, Arthas has not come back, and Arthas will not be coming back. Um, Maligos is dead and is not coming back, and there's a great big fight right now, which is the whole point of Dragon Wrath, because it's a decision between one of the other uh, Blue Dragon flights and Calicos, who came from Sunwell Plateau. Uh, my money is that it's going to be Calicos because everyone likes him more. <laughs> but um, indeed, there's a lot of there's a lot of lore going around about the fact of does do people stay dead, do people die, so on and so forth, and really just it's Blizzard. You just have to kind of go with it. Suspension they'll, they'll... of disbelief, a little bit there. Yeah, well, we'll do an episode on that. Well, yeah, suspension of disbelief, and as well as suspension of sometimes as a player you have to grit your teeth. Like most players on the Horde side, um, I can't. Unfortunately, I cannot remember if you guys play Horde or if you play Alliance. We play, uh, well, I mean, we're not we're not against Horde or anything, but our our mains are. Uh, yeah. Well, on the Horde, uh, a lot of us grit our teeth because Garrosh is not Thrall. Thrall was a leader that a lot of people could really rally behind, whereas Garrosh, uh, he's what you would get if you gave a sawed-off shotgun to a 10-year-old and said, <laughs> nice. have fun. Yeah, pretty much. And but I did that. this whole question where it helped Thrall, and I felt good about myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, admittedly, Thrall's got a lot more story ahead of him. I uh, I finished up the Shattering book recently, and it's a fantastic book, and I would hardly recommend it. It needs to be on the New York Times bestseller list because it's one of those things that needs to be there to, for mainstream people to understand that video game video games are a very good art form, and the stories that aren't actually the games are just as viable. True that. That's another, but, uh, that's another story by Christy Golden. So, Yes, it is. And uh, her first one that she did, uh, Arthas Rise of the Lich King, was... Basically, it was just playing Warcraft 3 again, but it was so refreshing. To hear. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And it was a fantastic look inside of Arthas's mind, even deeper than what you would see in that game. But uh, there's a big thing with, with the lore between Garrosh and Thrall and how the faction leaders changed. And it's, it's a fantastic book, and it really does. It's one of those things where we do not like our leader all that much, but we still protect him anyways because we're kind of still... It's one of those habits, like uh, on our server. Like Alliance George Bush. Try to come. What? No, Sorry, don't say ahead. that. <laughs> what? Everyone hated George Bush. I didn't personally. I'm just saying. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, the man's ex-military. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm just saying. We're going to stay out of this one. I'm, I'm keeping my mouth shut because, See? believe me, you See do not want to open that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> or either of us, for that matter. No, I know, no. I threw politics in the podcast. Obama! Uh, on a side note, I do I do want to say that was one of the more refreshing things I've seen this entire year is to see the people who are clamoring for President Obama's birth certificate saying, oh, he wasn't born in the U.S., and then he slaps it down on the counter and says, here, shut up already. <laughs> and what they said, he came back and went, Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> shopped. I can tell. I'm, a, I'm an expert at seeing shopped things. I can uh, tell by the pixels. <laughs> But anyways, back to World of Warcraft, because I'm pretty sure that's what people listen to. <laughs> that's all about the popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> the popcorn. Um, I, I, I enjoy this game, you know, on a side note, because it does have a lot of lore, and it does have a lot of unique things to me. But right now, uh, we're not happy on the Horde. We protect Garrosh, like, we've protected Thrall, but we'd much rather have Thrall back, because mm-hmm. Thrall was a good leader. Garrosh is a petulant child. He does not need to be... Anyway get back to Firelands before we get too much off topic. Um, oh, where were we? Well, how far uh, what, how far have you progressed in Firelands? I know it's not linear, but... No, it's not linear, and we've actually done one trash run so far with the Wanderer raid, and that was more to the point was, uh, I, I took the raid and I said, okay, guys, my goal for tonight is that we're going to see this trash and we're going to understand the trash first, because... There's a lot of it. And if you've gone into Firelands, uh, you'll see that there are tons of them wandering around everywhere. And this time is where they've really kind of, you know, stepped their game. Blizzard recently made a humongous change that has, uh, when you see CCM mob, not aggro other mobs to you. And this has changed the game of CCing and making sure that crowd control stays crowd controlled. Because this way you don't have to worry about your CCs running into patrols. If you pull back other mobs and the other ones are CC'd and they're just kind of sitting there, the mobs that patrol by are not going to aggro and cause even more headaches. And this is vital for that big raid. Uh, Going in and doing a trash run is definitely one of the things that you need to do as a prep. Like, you could could go with any number. I know there's tons of raids that are going, hey, we're doing a trash run. Come on along. Have a good time. And not only will you get... uh, get the experience you also get the reputation for the avengers of hyjal which yeah it would be a good idea to get that to friendly before you really start thinking very seriously because you'll gain a 378 cloak and belt right off the bat and those are two big upgrades i mean that's what uh 19 19 more item level points you know which gear score no longer really matters but it's still one of those things that yeah there's a big difference and you can see it so We've not progressed much. We we took a couple of swings at Ryolith and got our butts stomped. Um, but they did change a lot of the mechanics about Ryolith to be a little bit more accessible to raiders. So, or at least accessible to the normal raiders. I know that the hardcore raiders like Paragon and Insidia and all those other people who are have way too much time on their hands, um, and they get paid to do it. Uh, they, they put in hours upon hours on these, whereas regular raiders like my guys, we have about four hours every week, and we can't afford to really be banging our heads against that wall that I mentioned. So Blizzard doing us a favor is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of, hey, we know we tuned this fight a little too rough. We're going to step it back a little bit, see if that works for you. And as far as I've heard, so far a lot of the changes that they've made so far on Firelands have been a lot more beneficial. So there you go. Well, that has just been a fantastic guide for our listeners because 
I feel like they're deprived of a lot of information that we just can't give them because we just don't rate. So that was really great of you guys to come on and share with us about all the cataclysm raids. But I want to know before we leave, what is your proudest moment in WoW? has to be the first time I ran with Wanderer right after we got in, right after we started raiding, and we managed to burn our way through Nax. Awesome. And it just felt so satisfying to know that a, I'd found a guild that knew what they wanted and were willing to work for it, and that, hey, it's my first real major raid with a guild I like. I think I can get used to this. Yeah. Uh, both he and I used to be, uh, as a bit of a backstory, both he and I used to be in another guild that did not do a lot of raiding, in fact, did not do a lot of anything together. And Wander was set up by uh, me and a bunch of uh, my real-life friends to be a kind of a close-knit friends thing that's grown a bit more. Uh, we've we've kind <laughs> so of branched just a tad. We've, we've kind of branched out a bit and got a couple of uh, people that we don't know, but we've made a lot of good friends and a lot of good contacts on the server. Um, people who come with us generally tell us that they really enjoy raiding with us. And the nice feather everyone's cap in the guild because it, it goes to show that we work well together. All right. But, now, uh, Seth, you proudest my moment. Proudest, my proudest moment is years. it's a bit of a story and you know, bear with, but it's a good story. I, I'd like to think it's a good story, but um, before I started raid leading, I actually was part of a main raid that we uh, was colloquially known as uh, Bloody Rare because it was only Blood Elves and Torn. And now that's a strange combination right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a really strange combination. And even we knew it. We're like, there are no orcs. There's no undead. There's not troll here. It's just nothing but blood elves and tauren. Uh, and, you know, this was back in the ICC stuff. And we did pretty good job. I ran through that on my druid, Zafal. And when we beat Arthas on that for the first time, when I beat Arthas for the first time, that wasn't my proudest moment to date. That was the second proudest moment. Um, the proudest moment came later when working on Zelmpago, and it was Wanderer's turn to get into ICC. And at that point, we had basically worked from the bottom up. When we, started, when we sat down as a guild and said, let's start doing guild raids. Let's see where we go. And we started right from scratch. We, went, uh, we started in Molten Core, then went through all the content stepped into burning crusade and then we started at naxramus which is the raid that garrett's talked about uh went through that went through Oldwar and trial of the crusader and then we stepped into icc by this point the guild and the raid had grown to a point where we were relying on each other and were we knew each other we knew what was going to happen and you know i had good tanks i had really good dps i had good healers and we all worked well together and it was, you know, one of those things that it was a sign of our growth that we kind of had this running gag where it was face pull, bloodlust, and hope someone lives. What was our usual strategy? And that's how it would work sometimes. There would be uh, instances where we'd go through a boss and we'd have a face pull happen. Someone would trigger the boss before everyone was ready, and we'd bloodlust, and someone would live, and we'd end up getting through the encounter. And, well, I'm getting to that. Um, <laughs> The guild, uh, for anyone who's unaware, with ICC and Arthas, uh, the fight does not uh, instantly start when you aggro Arthas. You have to talk to Tyrion Fordring first. He starts a minute-long uh, RP, and then the fight begins. And with Arthas, it's a big fight. Uh, it's it's not an easy thing. And 
uh, unfortunately, one of our raiders, who I had putting fish feast down, put the fish feast right next to Tyrion Fordring. And unfortunately, some, one of us, I can't remember who, accidentally talked to Tyrion instead of eating the fish, and it started the fight oh, RP. Nice. Which led us with a minute to get everything buffed, get everyone in position. Oh, snap. Oh, crap. Oh, get over here. Oh, are, you, are we ready? Are we going? Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> and um, this was back when I was actually tanking. So I had the uh, I have the small honor of knowing that I've actually successfully tanked the Lich King. Um, we, we had a problem where we were just, we were, we were flying by the seat of our pants to that whole fight because it was just one of the things where Facebook, Facebook, ah, and as we keep going through all the various mechanics, uh, eventually we started losing people and we were down to about five people at the end. And I was so devilishly close to calling raid wipe and saying, okay, go stand in the file. Let's, let's take it from the top. And something in me was like, no, I'm dead, but I know Dell is still alive. I know Cephalor, our our paladin healer is still alive. And I know I've got a couple raiders who are still alive. Let's see them play it out. And they played out, and they hit 10%. And they started the final RP, which, res- which battle reses everyone in the raid, regardless of position, brings you back up, and you beat Arthas down, and you kill him. And to me, that was I was just standing there as I'm listening to the cheers uh, on vent going out and people freaking out and watching the RP and going through the whole thing. I'm just sitting here going, that was probably the most epic thing I have ever seen for people not giving up. But it's freaking Arthas. This is the guy who has caused mounds of trouble this entire world of Warcraft. And they kicked his butt. And afterwards, as I'm sitting there just, you know... I, I was I was almost moved to tears by the fact that the guys were so thrilled with everything. And I, and as I'm sitting there, my my main tank comes up to me and goes, "Zell, you realize what just happened?" I said, "What?" He said, "We face pulled, we bloodlust, and someone lived." Nice. And I was like, "Oh snap! <laughs> that just happened." Nice. So yeah, it's been one of those things where our raid that that kind of was our defining moment as a raid where. We have a good time, and I'm proud to be their raid leader, and yeah, I'm proud to get my butt handed to me a couple of times when I get a little too, you know, on my guys, but for the most part, they listen to me, I listen to them, and it's a fantastic game, and I would not trade it for anything. Rift can go take a long walk off a short pier. Uh, Any other MMO can, you know, the WoW clone, any other MMO can take... Take, take a hike. I love WoW because it's simply put, I would not play any other game with my friends. Nice. Well, we do want to thank you guys for your time uh, tonight and coming out and chatting with us. And like uh, like Freckleface said, giving our listeners uh, something that we can't because we don't actively raid. Uh, so we really appreciate you guys' insight and the fact that you can come on the show and share it with us. And Absolutely. So, pleasure. Well, it has been a fantastic pleasure and you know it's brought back the good memories of doing podcasting like I used to do. And uh, you know, if we make more progression through Firelands, we'll be sure to keep in touch with you guys and let you know if we know of anything specific that happens, or Absolutely. maybe in the future when the new raids hit, because there's still Deathwing. In any case, it's been a real treat. Thank you for uh, letting both me and Garrett's come on the show. Well, thank you all so much, and we look forward to having you guys back on again with another update on what's going on with uh, Blizzard and Raiding. Absolutely. Each week, HearthCast gives its listeners tips to help them buy, sell, trade, or otherwise make money on the in-game and remote auction house in World of Warcraft. 
All brought to you for free by your gnomish hosts, Root and Freckleface. So, you know, I told you before, I have not had any kind of time this week at all to do anything in the auction house. But I have the remote auction house. So everything I've been doing for as far as auction house has been remote. And I showed you this a couple of minutes ago, uh, didn't I? Yeah, I did. Where, looking on, on Fat Wallet here, <laughs> today, and this is just for today because I cleared it out this morning, uh, 615 gold, which isn't a lot, mind you. But it's all, uh, let's see, my auctions, sold auctions. It's all these uh, greater celestial essences, telling them. You look funny. So, you know, even though you may not have a lot of time, because I have not had a lot of time, because like you said, I'm, I look tired and old. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> you did say that. Did you did. Um, the remote auction house, just get it. It's like three bucks. Get it. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be in front of your computer. You can have it on your phone like I do, or your iPod, or you can do it on the web, whatever. But, uh I mean, I, just, I mean, I'm driving down the road. You get stuck in traffic. I jump online. I throw stuff up in the auction house. The cool thing I like about it is with Zyger, uh, you know, the Zyger guy deal, I don't often get to a mailbox, much less my bank. But with uh, the remote auction house, you can actually get stuff you have on you in your bags wherever you are in the world, and you can throw it up on the auction house. So that part I really like because you can pick up stuff that's, you know, BOE, or materials or whatever that you have on you, and uh, you can you know throw it up in the auction house, or you can buy stuff if it's too low. You got to know the prices though, because you're not going to be tools. But if you know the prices, and you can do it. So that's that's it. Just go out, spend the three bucks a month. You can also chat with your guildies in the in the remote chat, and that's kind of cool too. So they think you're cool because you chat and you go like, "What's everybody up to?" And they go, oh, "We're doing this, we're doing that." And you're like, "Oh, I'm sitting in the doctor's office." And they're like, "Oh, you're so cool." So get it. Oh, you just perked up. <laughs> you sitting over there all like, let's get through the auction house tip route. And then I do the hot seat and you just perk up. That's how it works. That's how it works, mm-hmm. huh? All right. I'm going to open up my tweet tweeter here. Okay. All my phones. On phone. And uh, it's loading. Cool like that. I am cool like that. And let's see. I told some people I wanted some questions to make you blush. Oh, boy. And uh, Dex Worgen, he says, uh, how can you tell if she's blushing? Gingers tend to hide that pretty well. Trust me, I can tell. You just got to be here. If you were sitting where I'm sitting, you could tell. Uh, let's see here. Inked Zay has a question for you. Okay. What's the most memorable thing you've ever done in the game that made you just fall over laughing for more than a few minutes? When I was with my um, old guild, the Faces, which is like really ghetto, but we were <laughs> we were doing the Burning Crusade dungeons, the one in um, Terracar Forest, and we were going through, and there's like this boss where it's in this like big classroom type thing. Like you had to fight all these trash mobs to get to the boss, and me being on my rogue, I was having fun like pickpocketing. I was not taking the dungeon seriously at all, so I'm just like, hmm. I wonder what this boss has on it. So I'm like, 
tried to pickpocket. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> so you failed your pickpocket. Well, he just had the pickpocket, but then oh. it aggroed him. <laughs> <laughs> he chased everyone around and he killed everyone. Everyone's like, Rackle face. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> it was such a bad thing to do, but I loved it. Ah, uh, let's see, we got Inkzay here. Oh, Rob Copeland has one. Robocop. Oh. Yeah, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an IT guy, by the way. Oh. There you go. Um, what is your most noob moment you have ever had since reaching level 85? Huh. In the um, in the Walton Front in the dailies? Yeah. It's kind of like this plane that's suspended. I decided to go wandering off. And I fell down this really weird crack. Okay. And... There's nothing to do but, like, I fell down the crack and it was a long fall, so then I died. But then when I rezzed and I went down the crack again, I was just kind of stuck. And I oh. couldn't I couldn't jump up and I couldn't jump down to die again. It really sucked. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why I don't go exploring. There you go. Yes. We have another question here from Dread Samurai. He asks, what made you start playing WoW? And what do you primarily do in the game? Is it questing? Is it gold making? Is it, uh, you know, raiding? Oh, okay. Um, I got started because my husband was really obsessed with WoW. Really obsessed. And it was his persistent chatting up and just, you know, being on all hours of the time. And we get together friends and he'd just start talking about WoW and he wouldn't stop talking about WoW. And it was just, I felt so left out. Yeah. So I said I'd try it. Uh, but what I do in the game... Um, I really tend to go more towards solo activities rather than group stuff. I mean, group stuff, it just it just tends to drain me. Like, I usually just kind of want to get away from people and, you know, I'm going to go quest. I'm going to, I'm going to go, you know, farm for pet. I'm going to go try to make some money. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go explore. I'm going to do archaeology. Um, so I tend not to PvP for that reason because I hate um, my own faction. I hate the way people trash talk their own faction. I do too. And... In PvP and in raids. I mean, like the pug I was in the other day, like you get, um, I forgot what it was. As soon as you started, I was like, man, these tanks suck. It was the Baird and Holden. You know, uh, just yeah. trash talking on the facts. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to hear you that. So I tend to go off by myself. Okay. <laughs> Dread Samurai has a follow up question. Oh. Yeah. What was. <laughs> what was that? Like, yeah. It was like your torn voice <sighs> you did last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other day, I was like, when I was sitting there playing WoW, I just started laughing at myself because I was because I was healing those wounded soldiers again. Uh-huh. They're mostly all talking. <laughs> <laughs> the same guys out there. Hey, you're back. Um, do you think you can put a good word in for me? Because <laughs> uh, my last review didn't go so well. Okay. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That's so dread. Back okay. to Dread, yeah. Hot, hot seat, yeah, the hot whole thing. Seat. Okay. <laughs> Dread wants to know what was your favorite mount and why. Oh, my favorite mount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says your female torn over there. <laughs> my favorite mount, favorite mount, favorite mount, favorite mount. Um, I like the albino Drake because you don't have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Because <laughs> I like to rub it in every week, you get your egg, and it's not an amount. And I had it the first week. 
That wasn't an albino Drake. That was my green. Wasn't that a green Drake? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I meant the other one. I did. Uh, okay. Okay. In all seriousness, what's your favorite mountain wine? <laughs> People want to know, and it's we know it's not because it, I don't have a mountain. Okay, no, it is actually the topper. I just wish it flew. Uh, you yeah, because the topper. license I says, love, yeah. license... No, we're not leaving. Leave it in the show. The license plate says pwn. That's right, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. You just need to like um they need an updated version where they've cast a spell on it to make it fly. Oh They have a helicopter. Yeah, but that's a well, helicopter supposed to fly. It's not a flying motorcycle. It could be like E. T. <laughs> Okay. Now, my, my answer to that is might change next week because I'm, if my bid went through, then I'll have a new mount and I'll tell you all about it next week. Uh, I'm super excited about it. Looking forward to that with bated breath. Got a question for Freckle Face? Tweet it to Hearthcast Root. So we do want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Hearthcast, just like Safety One and Gravius and Onion and, uh, or Onion, did we say that? Yeah. I don't think it's Onion. Anyhow, just like all they did today, uh, you can send in your questions, your comments, or any other thing you want to do by emailing us uh, at contributedhearthcast.com, or you can use the submission form over on our website, or you can just tweet us, Hearthcast Root, to go to me, Hearthcast Freckles, to Freckleface, and if you just want to send it to the show, you can send it directly to Hearthcast, or you can uh, hit us up on Facebook. That's cool. I haven't been there in a while, but I hear it's still going good, even after Google Plus is there, so... Or you can just call us, like Safety One did, at 407-520-5342. That's the HearthCast hotline. And we know it works because Safety One called it and it worked. So, there you go. Again, we'd love to thank our sponsors, Riptide Software, Zyger Guides, System.com. And, of course, Carnage over at YouTube.com forward slash Carnage1320. And don't keep us all to yourselves. Share us with your friends, your guildmates, your raid leaders. Rate us on iTunes, and if you give us a link from your blog or other website, we will give you a link back. Until next time, this has been Root and Farkoface from HearthCast.com. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Root and Farkoface next week again. HearthCast, a shout out on to your guildmates. Let's have fun and go. Stop corporate.